Hey gang, and hope all is well out in your world. Grateful to have you here for another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in John Culinary. You may recognize John from some of the work he's done on HGTV with his cousin, Anthony Carino, on shows such as Kitchen Cousins, Cousins on Call, and Cousins Undercover, as well as a lot of work they've been doing with Ellen DeGeneres and on EllenTube around a lot of design projects. And John also launched his own development company called Lily Shade Development that focuses on high-end residential design and custom spec homes that he's developing and designing in the New Jersey area. And I had such a tremendously wide-ranging conversation with John, and I'm really excited for y'all to listen in and hopefully have a few takeaways that are gonna help you out on your own journey. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with John Culinary. Let's get it started. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Hey, man. How you doing? Glad to be here. It's a doing, doing beautiful great. July day in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous down here in the Carolinas. We're hot. I don't know what the, the temps are. We get very humid down here. So Same. Jersey, same way. We've, uh, it's, been, it's definitely been uh, a, a hot summer here. So yeah. I'd, rather it, uh, I'd rather it hot than cold, though. That's just me. I, I'm from New York originally, so I'm like, I got to get yeah. down to the Carolinas and get out of that stuff. So I hear you. I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you on because I've been following your journey a little bit. And I want to hear more of it. Sure. Um, there's a lot of places I can start here. I got a million notes down. I want to do this though, because you know, <laughs> this this podcast, you know, being about getting started and getting people over their fears and anxieties and sure. all that stuff. And, you know, as I kind of call the trifecta of happiness, doing what you love, doing what you're great at and doing stuff that you want to impact the world with. It seems like Absolutely. you're doing that with a lot of your projects, a lot of different things you're involved with. But I'm actually very curious, you know, go, let's go all the way back to 03. You graduated from Penn State, right? Yep. What in your mind were you going to do for your life? What was like the, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life? Because I'm curious back then, I'm assuming it's not the same as what's going on no, today. No, it definitely isn't. Um, it's so interesting. You know, when I, uh, you know, when you graduate college, I think there's, um, there's so much you think you know, but you don't know. Um, and it was one of those things, uh, I went to school for, uh, labor and industrial relations, which is pretty much it's, it's labor law. So I was taking a lot of business classes and I thought that I was going to be working with unions, doing contract negotiations, working, um, in HR departments. That's kind of where I thought, um, I, I was, I was getting into. So very, very different than what I'm doing today. My, my first job was for a Fortune 500 company, uh, Fisher Scientific, and I was working in their HR department, working with labor unions, doing contract negotiations for them. Um, and when my uncle kind of called on me saying, hey, look, I know that I worked for other prior uncles um, in previous years on construction sites. He said, hey, would you like to come work for our construction company? It's growing. You want to get in the mix? Um, you know construction because I used to do it as my job coming home from college. It was great money. Uh, you know, working as a laborer, as a carpenter, I, I loved it because I was outside um, and I made all cash. So for college, right. it, was, it, was, right. it was great. Um, so that was kind of um, him stepping me into this field. Now I knew, um, of course, the hands-on stuff, but I didn't know the behind the scenes. So working with him and my cousin, Anthony, 
of course, everyone knows Anthony from all the television shows. That's where I learned the business aspect of owning your own business, running an LLC, um, all the, 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 the ups, the downs, the, uh, the, the, the craziness of being a small business because we did everything. You know, I would do the accounting. I'd be a project manager. I'd be taking out garbage. We'd be cleaning the office. You know, we, you know, my uncle's, you know, he, he's, he's kind of a jack of all trades. He's done a lot of um, entrepreneurial business ventures and learning the development general contracting business from him kind of propelled me into what is my career now. And, and was that obviously with the family, you mentioned some different businesses that or the, the family was in construction. Is that when sure. you say small business, was it just a couple kind of family members, employees? Was it a little larger? It, of- it was when we first started out, it was, it was just, it was me, my uncle and, and my cousin, Anthony. Um, then once we had larger projects going on, uh, when we were working on one of our multifamily unit buildings that was 22 units. So it was a, it was a, uh, a medium sized project around like 10, $10 million. Um, we would, we would hire a superintendent that would be a super for the job. We then had an office manager that, that came on board. Um, as we got busier, when I, when we started doing the shows, we had some, some junior designers come on board uh, to help run projects. So it, it was, um, a very uh, changing and, and dynamic kind of um, ups and downs for us as a business, mm-hmm. especially in 2009 when when the when the real estate market uh, crashed. Um, that was a, a huge huge downturn for for us and most uh, people in in our business. You know, I kind of it's it's interesting. I almost equate it when I look back at 2009. I think of now with. COVID um, and the pandemic, I think of the service industry. The service industry has been decimated across our country. It still is. It's, it's trying to figure it out. If you look at 2009, mm-hmm. the service, you know, nothing happened to the food industry. Actually, they had, a, they had a big uptick, especially bars, because people lost jobs. Everyone always knows you lose jobs, people are out of work, they go to bars. That's where they kind of, they kind of drown their, their sorrows. Well, now the service industry is seeing, I think, feeling what we went through in my industry, the construction industry in 2009. They're really seeing how hard to hard it's, it's kind of hit. And quite frankly, everyone in my industry that I talk to right now, we are booming. It is, it's crazy town. Yeah, it is insane how the building's just continuing to, uh, it is. to go up. People are at home. We always say the folks I, I, I've talked with around that is like, you know, everyone's doing their honeydew list now and <laughs> home Everybody. renovations and everything like that. You're a hundred percent correct. Everybody's home saying, um, well, I'm not going back to my office. I need an office or I need a homeschooling area um, or my kitchen's horrible. I can't go out to eat. I need, you know, so you, all these, that's why everybody I talk to that's in my industry. Yes. Initially when the, when the pandemic hit in March and April, there was a downturn because everyone wasn't sure. But now coming into third quarter, going to fourth quarter, I've talked to, I mean, forget the people that are small peanuts that are, that are, that are at, the, at the lower level. I'm talking larger companies that are big brand names. They said that they've seen, they've seen jumps 60% in their business wow. over last year. So they're, and they're like, we're kind of like, they like laid off people like when March, April, May hit, because they're like, oh, we got to slow it down. They are scrambling to hire people because they can't keep up with the demand that's coming the third and fourth quarter. 
It's crazy. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Interesting times for sure. It um, is because, because yeah. you know, when you have a free market like this, certain industries are, are going to go up. Some are going to come. That's why I, I compare it to 2009. Right. 2009 was, yes, it, it hurt overall, right? It hurts the overall comp economy. But if you look at specifically construction, real estate, we got massacred. It, it was just, it, it was, it was, it was a bloodbath. Yeah. Um, people, you know, the defaulting on buildings, couldn't finish projects. You couldn't buy anything. I, I look at the service industry. That's what's going on to them now. It's, 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 it's a bloodbath for them. Yeah. So let's go back to, to 09, 2010, 2011 area. So obviously it was, you know, I'll kind of call it serendipitous. You know, we talk a lot about this podcast on luck sometimes, you know, if, if your uncle yep. maybe didn't invite you to that business, you and I may not be talking today, right? Um, Absolutely. So give me an idea. How did, how did you guys get a, did you get approached? Did you put in a request to be on to, for a show? How, how did that all work in 2011? Um, um, it was, well, it really started in 2010 where a friend of ours, when we were finishing that building, I referenced earlier that, that, mm -hmm. that multifamily, um, when we finished that building, it, it even though we were in the worst market to sell ever, um, we actually ended up selling out. Um, we took a major loss, but we did sell out. The reason why we sold out was it was a it was uh, the, the design of the building was very ahead of its time. Um, people were not doing what we were doing. Um, it was not as pro progressive. It definitely um, stepped way above what a builder grade condos were going for in in that area. Um, we had write-ups in, in the New York Times in the building. So just in Jersey, we were getting accolades from, from the Manhattan area, which is a big deal. You know, for, for a smaller developer like us, that was a big deal for us. Um, so once that happened, one of our friends said, hey, you know, you know, your cousin Anthony and you guys, you have great design skills. We love the building. You're really charismatic when you do interviews because um, we were doing like fundraisers and we were doing a lot of different things to drum up activity in the building. Um, she's like, can I tape you guys? And at the time, to be quite frank, I never even watched HGTV. Because I, I, HGTV, if you think about it, 2010, 11, it was around, but it is nothing like it is today. Um, in the past 10 years, it's grown. I, I wish I had the numbers, but it's to me, it's three, four, five times larger than it ever was. Um, everybody knows what HGTV, when we first started, I tell them, come on HGTV, they're like, who? Like H H what? You know they didn't they didn't really know. Well, um, and, there, and there weren't a lot of those shows, even in the early. You know, I remember growing up, Bob Vila, right? That was mm -hmm. the that was yeah. kind of the show there. Uh, but like, there weren't a lot of shows that I remember back, even in the first decade of the of the century. You know, so it was probably I guess that uptick, right? That was happening. Maybe it, we were we were uh, w our show was a docudrama, um, so it, it definitely was a little ahead of its of its time, you know, family oriented people, of course, love seeing that. Um, so when she filmed us, she randomly sent it out to a production company. She wasn't in TV. She, she was a, a, literally a real estate agent. Hmm. Um, she just thought it would be a good idea to see what we could do. Now there wasn't like a casting call. She wasn't, she wasn't even responding. She just happened to find a production company that the owner, again, somebody that never did any type of this type of TV work. Um, she found somebody, his college buddy was a vice president at the DIY network. So he sent it to his buddy. He's like, Hey, two guys, Jersey, 
You know, do you think that they fit in the mix? The guy's like, yeah, I do. I, I like their personalities. They shot a little, a little uh, more in depth sizzle with us. And out of that grew Kitchen Cousins. Uh, I mean, I mean, literally it was in 2011, like the springtime, we get a call, the production company, like, hey, it's, you know, it's Andrew from blah, 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 you know, production. Do you remember me? And I was kind of like, oh, that's right. Yeah, we filmed. So again, very, I forgot about it. I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, he's like, DIY network um, and possibly HGTV wants to do a pilot. Are you guys down with it? I was like, I, I guess so. I don't even, I don't know pilot. What is a pilot? I yeah. I'm really, I'm telling you when I, we were so naive, I didn't even know a clue. I turned to Anthony. I'm like, do you want to do this? You're like, yeah, what the heck? Let's, let's do it. Um, I mean, at the time in 2011, we were fighting to keep the business open because it was so dead. It was just, you know, we were, we were doing anything. We were, you know, we started, uh, you know, shoveling sidewalks and, and, and doing what, you know, a, you know, a, snow plowing business in the wintertime just just to pay the bills i mean it was it was really tough and um when we started shooting kitchen cousins in the summer of 2011 they they just loved it um and then it aired in october and from there it kind of just took off was there any internal so obviously you were working it was your the, your uncle's construction company right did Correct. was there any like hey we're gonna do this show this may take us away a little bit from no one knew no, oh, it, see, that's okay. the thing. Nobody, and what no one tells you is when you start like that, they don't pay you anything. <laughs> You're pretty much working for free yeah. you, and you don't realize the hours and all, you know, it's, it's, um, I mean, we were, we, our stress level was, uh, I can't even tell you because uh, we never experienced anything like that. You know, it's, we didn't understand TV and TV didn't understand our business. Yeah. So putting those two together, we both had to learn. Um, luckily we had a great, production company showrunner uh who's one of our best friends still still to this day he taught us about tv we taught him about construction design and and the shows just worked out man and it was um you know it's one of those things things do happen for a reason can i pinpoint exactly why it happened i can't pinpoint it to me it's it's a group of events it is definitely the downturn in 2009. It's our friend coming to us saying we want to shoot video. It's the production company having a friend from college that now worked at DIY Network. You know, it, you know, we you look at all these events, and now ten years later, it's like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's even that's even how uh, I've gotten so close, and now how I currently ha have my shows with with. Uh, Ellen Digital, because, you know, we started working with the Ellen team um, and doing uh, joint shows with HGTV very early on in our career in 2011, 12, pretty much through all of our shows on HGTV. And we got a great re relationship and they, they loved us. And, you know, now we've, I've done so much with, with them over the years and there's, and there's a lot more to come. So it's, it's, it is very interesting kind of how it yeah. turned into a, snowball effect and kind of came to where it is now well we talked a little about earlier about the that luck factor sometimes you mentioned Absolutely. things get past but it's also i i think you know sometimes does get forgotten is the talent like you guys are pretty cool dudes it seems like right you yep. down to earth and it the content wins if the show wasn't good you probably would have got canceled after a season and then no one would have, you know so it's it's that people i think engage really hard with it and that's what helped it spin as well right and and look man we i you, 
it, there's definitely, like you said, there's definitely luck, but at the end of the day, we put in a lot yeah. of hard work. Yep. I mean, our, I mean, I don't think when we first started work, and like I told you, we didn't, there's, there's really not getting paid. I mean, there's a very small amount, but I mean, it, it's doesn't, it, they might as well not give you anything at, at that point. Yeah. Cause we were working. I literally was working anywhere from 12 to 15 hour days. That's, that's how much uh, time I was, I was constantly putting in. How much was a mix between your actual like work? Like if there wasn't a set there or anything, you know, and then actually like, I don't know if you had to reshoot certain scenes or anything like that. Like what was the mix there in those like 12 to 15 hours? It would go half and half. I mean, we, we might film for six hours and then I'd have to go to the office and I'd have to do office work for some of our private projects. So it, it, it would go back and forth. I mean, we literally would film almost every day. Hmm. Um, so there would it be a full day, an eight hour day? No, they might come to the office for five hours, film, then I'd go back. I'd have to design things or, or, or plan out a project or I have to run to a project. Um, maybe the cameras didn't come with me when I went somewhere. I mean, it, it, was, it was six days a week, nonstop. I wouldn't, uh, I, I guess from a mindset standpoint, you know, again, this is something that comes up a lot on the podcast here around, you talked about the stress levels being a kind of an ultimate high. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's some anxiety, maybe fear, who knows, but how did you handle some of those? Is there anything you sat back and thought about that maybe could be helpful for others, you know, getting started on their journey um, that you learned from big, that time? The biggest thing is um, having a support mechanism um, at the time um, that definitely was, was my cousin. Um, you know, when I started all this, you know, I, I was a single guy, I wasn't married yet and have kids. It was, it was, it was early on in, in my career. Um, but having my cousin there as someone where I could split the work with, I'm like, I can't get over there. Can, can you go there today? Can, can I'll do this? I think in business, you need to, especially when you start out, you need to have one, a mentor mentor is massive. Um, it's something huge. My uncle definitely was a mentor uh, to my cousin and I taught us so much about business. I mean, I never knew really what LLCs were, you know, how to set them up, um, how to how to do a proper accounting. I never, I knew the basis, but not real life experience with it. He taught us all that. Um, so learning the business side and then having a support mechanism like my cousin Anthony where the two of us can tag team a problem or an issue and say hey aunt can you go check out this job I can't get over there I got to be in the office can you and that's that's why we worked so efficiently um and and plus I mean we were traveling the country I mean if I didn't do that alone it would have been it would have been it would have been pretty pretty sad um I, I think I would have burnt myself out I wouldn't have had someone to experience it with, um, you know, and now when I think about getting married and having kids, you know, now my, my family is such a support mechanism for myself now, because I do like, I know it's, everyone says it, but I do work for them. I, I, I do what I do to provide for my family and to really have the, the, the life that we have. And I think people need things like that. I think you need that, that whole support system around you. Because when you're young, you know, you, you might make money and you're like very just like, ah, whatever, I'll buy this, I'll do that. You know, you're just, you're just kind of all, all over the place. Um, and then if you have a family, you realize, no, 
I need this because I have to support them. There's certain things that kind of ground you. Um, so having my my cousin in business and then and then progressively then getting married and having kids, it's it's helped me kind of be a much more rounded business mm-hmm. professional. Was there ever the other side of the coin? I'm curious how much you had to deal with um, that, you know, you have a lot of these, you know, digital warriors and the keyboard right now and, you know, yep. negative comments, you know, even if you guys do a phenomenal show, someone's going to make a comment. Like, did you let that bother you or did it bother you at some point? And I'm, I'm just more curious how that, how that was in your mind in terms of um, thinking through that or getting over it. You know, we, we, um, when we started on HGTV, if you think in 2011, social media was pretty much, it's kind of in its infancy. Like mm-hmm. there was no Instagram. Twitter literally just launched. I think it launched in 2011, 12. Uh, Facebook, of course, was out for a couple of years, but nothing like having the billions of users it has today. Right. There was no TikToks or you know any, any of that stuff. Um, we definitely got negative comments, but I feel... Um, as the years have gone on and social media is such a major factor in every bit, like I never had businesses care as much back then as they do now, the sponsorship, the influencers, you know, they want people to, to, to do certain things. I knew we never had that. Now it is a real business. It's constant. Um, we had people do negative comments. I, you know, they'd say, oh, you can do, you know, I, I didn't like that color. I don't want, that stuff doesn't bother me. Um, but I feel now people are much more degrading. Like they really go after people, not in a, not in a humane way. It's, uh, it's a little disturbing for me. Um, and if I see any of that, I shut that down and I block it and I, I get those people off any of my social platforms fast. Um, for the good, for the most part, like 98%, I have no issue. I don't. Do I get the couple yahoos that do weird things? Yeah. Um, but I don't know what's happened over the past like three, four years, but people have really taken the comments and, and the negative culture on social media to another level. And I, I think it's detrimental to social media. It, it's, it's, a, it's something that um, I don't want my, my kids as they get older I don't want my daughters, of course, social media is going to be very different, you know, in 15 years from now when they're older than it is today. I don't want them to deal with anything like that. I think it's, I think it's just, um, it's something that's just not good for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the bullying, you know, is basically yeah. what it is. Digital bullying um, that's happening yeah. a lot. And yeah, that's all I, I was very interested to hear how, especially being in the, in the spotlight, right. How, how much of that you're getting. And I like that you are shutting it down and, and kind of saying, hey, you know, I'm not even dealing with this. So hopefully I don't that respond helps. to people like that. I don't, I don't respond. I literally just block them or I report them to whatever, you know, whatever platform they're on. Um, I mean, I do, I literally, if anybody follows me on my social media and takes the time to comment, ask me a question, I literally try to respond to every comment and question that any of my fans uh, send to me. Um, I think it's very important. That's the reason why we have social media. Um, you know, if I could help them with a project or help them with something going on, I try to do it. Um, you know, I follow you know, a lot of the guys that are, are big in social media, like Gary V of course. And, and Gary always talks about how he, 
He's got millions and millions of followers. He's constantly him, him himself, not a person he pays. He's responding to people, giving them advice. And I think that's really important. Um, if, if you want to be a social media influencer or very impactful, it should come from you. Um, so if, if you get a response from me, it's coming, it's coming from, from me. I'm reading it. I'm telling you, if you say, hey, John, I watched your show and you use this color or use this material. Is it good? Is it bad? What's your experience? I'm going to tell you my experience with it. I, I could be wrong. I could be right. <laughs> That's, you know, but I'm going to tell you my experience. Um, and, and I really take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. It's a great way to engage. And yeah, Gary, actually I'll, I'll give him a plug here. I'm literally using his books as my microphone stand. <laughs> there you go. There you so, go. Uh, it's a, which is, which is fun. I've been following him for a lot of years as well. Yeah. It, but, but see Gary and Gary's, um, he's a smart guy. He's done a lot. He's uh, he's very down to earth. And, and he's grounded. And I, and I think in, in all of this, it doesn't matter how many followers he has, how popular, how much money he makes, he's always been a grounded guy. And, and I, and I take that very, uh, very seriously. I, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter what I've done or where, you know, people are like, Oh my God, you've, you know, you, you've been on the Ellen show or, or, or you've had shows in HGTVs. I'm like, I, I take it. I'm proud of it, but it doesn't define me. That's not me. That's not John. Um, you know, if you want to learn about me, you want to know who I am, I'll sit down, I'll have a conversation with you for 10, 15 minutes. I'll tell you who I am and, 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 and what I believe in. Um, so that's why I hope people um, really, you know, if, if they're getting into any type of business like this, it's so important to be, to, to be yourself and be authentic at the same time. Yeah. Well, let, let's speak on that a little further. I want to talk a little bit about maybe risk-taking. Uh, because you could have just kept doing kind of the first show, right? The kitchen yeah. cabinets just kept doing that, but you've done a lot of other stuff. Did I even see you start a cooking show for a little bit? Did I, is that right? We did. We, we've had, yeah, we, yeah, we've done, well, it's, you know, we've done, we've done a lot of our, I, I love cooking. I mean, I'm, I'm not a chef. I, yeah. My, my, my middle brother is an actual personal chef. He, you know, he's been trained in, in culinary. Um, but you know, I, I, I definitely have other skills and, and other things that I love and I'm constantly trying to do different things and put myself out there. We, we did have a digital show where my cousin and I were, were cooking and grilling and, and doing a lot of uh, some of our, our, our favorite meals. Um, I launched some of my fitness videos cause I'm in my fitness gear here. Um, I love fitness. I love CrossFit. I just try, I try to be a, a, a well-rounded, since I am on social media and, I, and I'm looked at, I try to be well-rounded where I definitely want to give people uh, my expertise in design and construction, but if they want something fun, they can get other things, you know, about me from those platforms. And so how important is that though, especially for just your evolving, maturing, right, is to try different things, not just stay in one Absolutely. lane, right? It is. It's you have to, and and I think for the growth um, of any business and you as a person, like I am constantly. I want to learn new things. I want to put myself out there. Um, if to, to me, if I fail, I'm like, all right, that's that. That's a good thing. It's it's good. It's good to fail at things. Believe me, I failed at many many of things. You know, we've done shows on HGTV that some of them people have loved, and some of them people have said, nah, they're okay. They're they're mediocre or they, they didn't like the the whole uh, content or the format of it um it's you you, you can't be a, you can't be afraid 
to fail in life. And I've had plenty of people tell me no and say, nope, that's not a good idea. I, I don't like that. Um, if I think something's a good idea, I'm going to push for it and I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to be that fly that's going to constantly be landing on you, just annoying you, annoying you, annoying you. Um, and that's sometimes that's how you get things done. It's, it's the only, it's, it's the way to really make inroads into whatever field, idea, platform, whatever you're trying to get into, you, you have to do that. Hey, can you chat a little about the, as someone that's publishing some children's books and stuff, I love that you guys are doing children's book series, right? Yeah. Tell me a little about that concept. How did that come along? Why was that important for you? So the, so the children's book, so we, we always wanted to do a book. Um, I think everybody in our world does kind of like the same book. It's like a coffee ta table book where it, it shows all their projects. Um, we could have done something like that, but my wife was saying, well, there's not many kid construction books. This was just around the time we were having our first daughter uh, in 2014. And she's like, you know, why don't you guys think about doing a book? So it, it, it took a while um, to kind of put it, put it together. Doing a, if you believe it, I mean, doing a children's book is it's not an easy task. There's a lot that actually goes into it. Um, it took a year and a half of, of planning because you have to work with an illustrator and pick the illustrator and mm -hmm. there's back and forth of edits and, and what they draw. And there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but we went into Simon Schuster and uh, we kind of pitched him the idea of saying, Hey, we want to do an intro introductory children's book about construction tools. My cousin and I will be characters. We'll show them what the tools are. We want to show them that they can do something with that at the end. And, um, people loved it. They really, it, it, it took off. Um, you know, when, when it launched in, uh, let's see, it launched in 2018 is when the book first came out in August. Cause we started doing it like in 2016. It was, it was a long time. Um, people really liked it. The kids loved it. We loved doing talks and doing readings and showing them the tools. And yeah, then when we, uh, met, we kind of partnered up with, uh, this app called Novel Effect, that when you read the book, sounds come out of your phone or your speakers around you, um, our voices actually come out. Um, so it was really cool. And, and it was fun, man. It, it was, it was just, a. I think we've always, we, we've tried to do things different. We've never tried to follow what other people have done. And sometimes it doesn't pan out, but sometimes it pans out. Um, and I'd rather be a little different to kind of follow the same thing and do the same thing everybody, everybody else is doing. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that's the only way to do it, right? It is. I mean, for, for, for me, at least, I mean, I always tell people, if you see my design or my projects, love it or hate it, I want you to say, oh, I never saw that before. That's really interesting. That's a really cool idea. Um, that's, that's what inspires me. A couple more quick questions for you. And my curiosity is really around how you've changed. So you mentioned when you started back and even doing it with your uncle's company and stuff, you were single, right? And, yeah. and doing your thing. And even when the, the show started now, obviously married, have a couple kids. How have, for, and, and I'm really thinking from a prioritization standpoint, obviously you have your own development company now, you're doing yep. stuff with Ellen. You have, you have all this stuff going on. Uh, CrossFit, you know, we talked about, how do you manage time? Are there certain habits you've put into your day that have been beneficial for you? Um, over the yeah. last several years uh, that's helped, especially with family growing? Yeah, I mean, really for me, 
the one thing I've noticed, and especially I think uh, COVID is, has kind of put it on um, a much larger display of how important it is to be with your family and to be around them. I mean, right now, I'm not trying to try. I was always, you know, monthly, I'd have somewhere where I, I, I would travel to or had an appearance or something. Um, I haven't been, been doing that. And the, the biggest thing for, for me now is I divide my time into a couple different pies. Of course, I have my, my design and construction business. I have my entertainment and TV business. And then I have my home and family life. And for me, it's very important that when I come home, I am with them. It's, it's a dedicated you know, hour or two that, that we are together as, as a family, not being in- interrupted. It's not doing other things. I mean, when you're home, you're constantly working. Like I, you know, I, you're, 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 you're at your computer, right? It's so easy for people to say, Hey, I need this or, or, or I need that. Um, I'm always saying, well, I need to divide my time up and I need to make sure that I have a peace of mind and I'm kind of sane. Like I've pushed off and not taken as many projects because I don't want to be overextended. I was doing that for a while. I was kind of like, pushing myself saying, oh, I'll take this on, take this on. Now I wait until certain things are finished and complete before I take on a new client. I won't take on too many at once. I'll take on one or two, wait till it's done. Then I'll move on to to the next person. Do I miss out on maybe some extra money or maybe another job? I might, but I would rather have that personal time where I can go to the gym because it's very important to me. Like I want to be able to go three to four times a week an hour, I need an hour to, to myself. As a father, you know, having an hour to yourself can be very difficult sometimes. Right. Um, but I think you need that. I think you, you need to have something you love that's besides your work, that kind of is your, your, your mantra, that kind of clears your mind. For me, going to the gym and doing that type of stuff, that is, it's, 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 it's my time. But I also need to have that time where I'm always putting it in with my family and I'm doing things with them because I think every father says it like kids grow up fast. It happens so fast. You're going to, you're, you're going to wish you were around to see this and see them, you know, say that this, this word or have this expression. And before you know it, it's gone. And um, I've definitely taken that, especially over the past year, it's been one of those big things where I'm like, you know what? It's not all about, making money and doing all these jobs and, and uh, pushing yourself, you know, 24 seven, it's sometimes take, take a step back and say, I need to relax and I need to focus on, on myself and on my family. Yeah. How, uh, when did you get started with CrossFit? And I'm like four years now. Okay. So back in 2006, 16 ish, my, my, my brother-in-law loved it. He, he took me. And from then on, as soon as I started, I was like, oh, this is, this is the, it was the same way. I had a neighbor bring me and I'm like, all right, sold. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I, I played sports my whole life. So yeah. I always have that, uh, that, that, that mentality and that drive of, uh, working together as a team and, 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 and accomplishing something and going to the gym on my own. Yeah. I knew people, but it wasn't the same. Then when I'm in a class, I know the people, it's fun. We get to interact with each other. It's, it's more a sense of community. Um, and, I, and, and I really enjoy it. 
Do you ever get to, you ever do any like competitions around that area or anything like that? Like do you try to compete I, more besides just the workouts in the gym or? Uh, I've done a couple, I've done a couple of, of Spartan races, um, which okay. are fun. Yeah. It's, 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 it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's a massive obstacle course, you know, that's miles long, yeah. um, of course. Um, but I loved it. I mean, it's, it's, it's grueling. It, it, it kicks your ass. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You are beat up cut up i was bleeding in certain areas but i loved it man it was um it, it, it was a, it, it was a lot of fun a lot of fun so um i just like anything competitive like that it's, it's just in me i I've, I've been a i've been competitive since i've been seven years old playing baseball and football so it's i don't i don't think that that that'll ever come out of me so what's next for you what are, what are you excited about the next year or two kind of, and it could be from a family side, but really from business and, and some of the projects you have working on. I think it's both. I, I think they go hand in hand. I think family and business definitely go, go hand in hand. I mean, from, from my private business, I've definitely been extremely busy. I had so many people, like I said, constantly calling me, um, wanting to do new projects. Um, I have some, some new home builds that, that, that I'm going to be doing that are, that are in, in, in the North Jersey area. Um, Strictly, some things are, are just design work. So I, I know that's going to grow. Um, I might even have to start hiring people. Right now, it's always been me alone. I might have to start hiring people because I, I'm not going to be able to handle it all, all myself. Um, so I am excited about that, um, about the business growing. Um, the second part on the media side, I definitely excited because with my new show design duo that's on ellen tube um it's been getting great feedback and we're possibly thinking of making it into a larger show um that goes to like a streaming platform um so i, I think there's some real possibility that, that that could happen um and then third part is you know i have a five-year-old and a one-year-old who just turned one this past weekend and there's always something interesting and fun every day, man. It, it never right. gets my, my youngest brother. Uh, we have a 12, we have a 12 year gap in between us. So it's a big gap. And um, when he was growing up, you know, I was finishing high school, going to college. So it was very difficult to be on the same page. And now that he's gotten older, it's, it's different. So now he's, he's in his, he's in his, in his late twenties. Um, and he came over and, I was like cooking for the kids because my wife had to go out and I was getting, and I told him like, you, well, you come over and eat. And my, my one daughter's crying and my other's like, dad, give me water. Give me and he's seeing me. And, he, and I, and then finally, and I gave him his food and I finally sat down and I started to eat like as fast as I can. Cause I'm like, I got a couple minutes to eat and then I got to get to them. Cause I know they're going to want something. And he's like, man, it's a lot of work having kids. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, know he's, he's, tw- yeah. he's, he's, he's 27. So it's just funny because he's, he's been around it, but him seeing like me, he goes, you really don't turn it off. I'm like, no, you can't, but you know, between my business, between the kids, he's like, when do you get time? Like, well, I get to go to the gym. That's my time. When they go to bed, eight, eight 30 at night, bath time's over. You know what? Mom and I get to sit down watch our shows. Yeah, that's our time, you know. So it's it's funny because to hear him say that, yeah. you know, he's kind of a young entrepreneur himself. He's trying to he's trying to figure himself out. I think when you're in your late twenties, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's your career going to be, and 
um, he always asks me for advice and kind of what I think. And, um, you know, he, he, he lost his job and this down and because of COVID and everything, they, they downsized his, his, uh, his business. And, uh, he's been asking me like, what do you think I should get into? What, what field? So I've been giving him that advice, which is nice that he, that he looks at me to kind of figure out what, what do I think should be his next step? Because it is, it's, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Well, well, let's end on that then. What, what, well, I'm, I'm curious on two things. One is from a passion. This has obviously become your passion. A lot of the stuff you're doing yeah. now, where, yes. as we talked about years ago, you maybe wouldn't even got into this. How did you discover this is what you love to do? Was it just going through like the motions and the work and realizing this is pretty cool? Was it any, anything else that you, I guess, uncovered to figure out, no, this is really what I want to do and the impact I want to make? Uh, in, well, when I, yeah, I think, I think for me, when, it, you know, in high school, I had a drafting class. I loved it. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I wish I, I did more of that in college. Um, but I, again, I didn't have a mentor to really push me in that direction then to, to say, this is what you should do. My, my, my father was a doctor and he's like, I don't want you going to medicine. If it's a mess, I don't want, you know, he kept telling, he's like, he's like, just don't do anything but with that. So he, you know, he didn't tell me kind of the, 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 profession or job or something that I, I, I should look into. Um, and, and then over the years, I, I, there's a couple of things like, I always liked design. I always liked fashion. There's always, there's like a, there's like this, this, uh, I think this, this fine thread that kind of made its way through my, my life. I always was an organized person. Um, I loved business just in general. I had an entrepreneurial spirit inside me. And I think it just took me to kind of find going into my uncle's company and experiencing it because I had a lot of different experiences before then with other jobs and going into, into the labor industrial relations and doing the, the labor law and realizing, yeah, that's, it's not, I don't, it's okay. The job, you know, it's not something I, I love. Um, I think it just took time for me to find it. And that's why I think when you're in your twenties, even in your early thirties, you should experiment. It is the time to try different jobs out and things that if you have even the inkling, I like that, try it. Maybe you're not going to make a look. I didn't make any, like I told you, I didn't make any money when I was in my late twenties. I wasn't making any money. I didn't really start making money until I got into like my mid thirties. Then I started finally, my, my hard work started paying off. Um, I think you, you, you can't have that like, oh, it doesn't pay me a lot of money. I can't do it. Well, you can't have that. You're, you're, you're never going to get to that level. If you're looking for the fast money, the easy money, not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. If you, if you maybe discover what you love, take that time and, and, and make it blossom. Well, then, yeah, then believe me, there's, there's going to be those rewards at the end of the road. So I, I think because I was patient, because I put the hard work in and I put the time in, I was able to discover what I love. That's why I'm able to sit here today and talk about it. If I just had this mentality, like, oh, well, my buddy works, you know, cause I'm being from the North Jersey area. So many people go into finance, like, oh, I, I just have to go into finance. I would be miserable in finance. I would, I would, I'd, I would hate, I would hate my life if I was doing that. I had so many friends because their fathers or, or, or whoever was involved made them go into it. 
after two years, they'd quit. They're like, I hate it. I, I can't sit in front of a computer and do, and do numbers all day. Fine. I'm, maybe I'm getting, I'm getting paid a good amount of money, but I can't do it. Um, so I, I think if, if you have that mentality where you're willing to try things out, see what you love, see what your passion is, once you get down the road, you will figure it out. I think it's just, of course, everyone says it and we know it. Our culture wants, I want it now, 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 now. You, you can't be that way. You, you really have to take the time to discover you as a person. Once you discover yourself as a person, then your career, then your job will really take off and, and you could do well at it. Not, not just kind of skate by and be like, oh, well, it's a job. You know, I, I just do it every day. It's like, no, I, I really love what I do. Would you be able to wrap that around? I always like to end on if, and maybe it's your brother you're using as the guidepost here, maybe someone younger, but one piece of advice, very impactful. I, I like to say you only have a post-it note to write it on. So very short, concise. What, what would you say kind of as a lasting impression um, for people to go out on, on their own journey? I mean, going out on your own journey, well, what it comes down to is you have to put the time, the work, and the effort. If you're willing to do that and willing to fail, you will prosper. I, 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 I know it because I have failed over and over and over and over. But at the end of the day, I learned from that failure. If you're willing to learn from failures, you will grow. It's the only way. Nobody, there's nobody in business that hits a home run every time. It it's, just doesn't happen. Unless literally someone gives you a couple million dollars and they lay it in front of you and say, this is yours, have fun, which I don't know how many people that that happens to. Um, it's just, you know, you have to be willing to take the risks and fail in life. Just the bottom line. That's a, that's a great way to end it, John. I, uh, I certainly appreciate it. I know you're going to go crush this CrossFit workout. So I uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, really appreciate out. you. It's hot. So <laughs> thanks you know, again for joining. In, no, man. Thank you. Um, it, this is, this is great. I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, I love giving insight to people looking to uh, be entrepreneurs, going to different careers. It's, it's always fun. Um, anything you need in the future, just uh, let me know. I hope you all enjoyed that interview and thanks again for stopping by. And just one more quick thing before you run along in your day. You know, this podcast has grown very organically since I started it over two and a half years ago. So anything you can do to share this episode out to your network or maybe go to Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review, um, anything you can do at all, I'd certainly be appreciative of it. Um, if you'd like to connect with me online, my website, brianondraco.com. Or head over to Instagram or LinkedIn and Twitter at Brian Andreco or type my name, Brian Andreco, and it'll come up. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.